Okay, picture this. You're a kid sitting in the salon with your mom while they braid your hair, one strand over the other, and listening to the woman talking sports. Sit back, relax, and whatever you do, don't touch my jersey. And don't miss your standing appointment with C every Wednesday at 11. What is up, guys? It's your girl C, aka at Sporty Spice. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Touch My Jersey. Come in, take a seat, make yourself comfortable. Today, we are talking with Sajara Eubanks, one of the best bantamweight fighters in the UFC right now, a multi time world jujitsu champion, a reality TV star, and a self proclaimed TikTok comedian. So excited for this episode, but before we get into it, just want to let you know that we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and our original audio deleted itself almost instantly, so we had to use our backup audio, which is not as dope, but still pretty fire, but it cut off the first few minutes of our conversation. So we know what you're getting into. We were in the middle of a little game of 21 questions, except it was only like three questions, but I refuse to call it icebreakers because that sounds too cliche. So I will come up with a better name for it. But until then, we'll just call it 21 questions minus 19, minus 18. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a writer, not a, not a mathematician. But um, we started with asking Sajara what three songs she would use to describe her life. And she started with the one and only super hit, Control, by Janet Jackson. One of her most popular singles, because mm-hmm. um, that sort of defines how I was when I was that age, like trying to get out, trying to figure out what my life is, and trying to gain control of um, all these things. So I'll say that's a, a good song to describe my life right now. Um, I got to add something fun. Um, so I'm going to pick some Megan Thee Stallion because I like to let loose. I like to have fun. I like girl power. Um, so we'll just say Girls in the Hood because that's mm-hmm. the one off the top of my head. I walked out to that song not too long ago. And the third song I'll pick, um, I'm going to pick something a little deeper, something more spiritual. Um, you know, God is good, so I believe everything that happens to me in my life happens for a reason. So I'm pick something. Um, I'm gonna pick uh, "Fantasy" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh, it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, and if I had to play like one song probably over and over again forever, it might be that one. So, damn, that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That was a good question. That was a good question. I'm not surprised that you said Meg because when I was looking, when I was doing my research, because it's very professional, um, (laughs) I came across an Instagram post from a custom mouth guard maker who said they made you a custom Meg the Stallion mouth guard, so I had to ask about it. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, that was like Fight Fit, I believe was the name of that fight guard company, um, it's a real hot girl, you know, shit on it, I don't know if you have a lot of curses. Yeah, you can curse. (laughs) I rock real shit. Um, so right across the mouth guard is really lit. I actually really love that mouthpiece. I still have it to this day. It didn't quite fit right, so I wasn't able to like wear it in the octagon like I really wanted to, but that was one of my favorite pieces that anybody made for me. I was really lit. 
Nice, that was dope. When I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, I'm excited to talk to this person. <laughs> this yeah, is a good. I love Megan, good I love Cardi, Doja Cat, like, I love all the hot girls. <laughs> if you could be any TV character, who would you be? Um, uh, let's see. I don't watch a lot of TV, um, but I do really love Game of Thrones. Oh, I... All right, if I had to, I, I would probably be a Stark. I'd probably be Arya Stark, I guess. Okay. If I had to be, or maybe I'm a okay. Stay, stick in the Game of Thrones. Um, Sir Brienne, uh, <laughs> Brienne of Tarth, the only gay lady on the show. At least she looked gay to me. Uh -huh. That's acceptable. I I <laughs> agree with that though. I think most people came to that conclusion, but I just got into <laughs> Game of Thrones like this past month, so I'm finally catching up uh -huh. on the hype. And I haven't gotten mm -hmm. to understanding all the area hype, but I do like her. I do get her. I know I'm going to love oh, her eventually. I'm, I'm, still right, like, right, I'm still pretty early in. Like, Rob is still alive, so I'm definitely, like, early in the series. <laughs> so I think once yeah. I get further in, yeah. if he gets older, I'll definitely get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, season, like, four, five, and six, they really, like, tie you up. It gets really deep. Yeah. Okay, respectable. If you could meet any artist, it doesn't have to be a musician, but any artist, whatever you consider that art to be, who would you choose? Um, I mean, any artist, doesn't matter the art. That's a good one, too. Um... I think who inspires me right now? They have to be alive? Uh, no, they can be. They don't have to be alive. Alright. That was tough. I got a lot of inspiration, but I can only need one. I want to, like, so my first instinct is to say Megan, but that wouldn't be for, like, any inspirational reason. I would just want the photo. Um. <laughs> oh, Beyonce. I'll pick Beyonce. Because I could pick her brain, like, like as an entrepreneur as well like not only just as a queen but also as like i feel like i could learn not that i couldn't learn nothing from meg you know okay. she's super smart but like i would pick beyonce because i would really sit down like have coffee <laughs> got you if it had to be a woman's athlete who would you choose if i had to pick an athlete mm -hmm. i would talk to right now especially mm. with everything got going on i would say britney griner because i feel like i really empathize with her a lot with what she's going through. I don't. I don't know what it's like to be locked up abroad, but I feel like she's being very unnecessarily uh, persecuted um, for just kind of living her life. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, she's not a criminal. So I would just love to not not to relish in what kind of pain she's going into, but I would love to know um, and get some inspiration from this experience she's going through, and hope that she comes out of it ahead. You know. That was a so, good answer. Wow. Yeah, I would agree, yeah. Are you big into the WNBA, like, in general, outside of? I follow the WNBA. So I played um, basketball in high school. So I was a fan of women's basketball. I watched a lot of college um, NCAA women's basketball and a lot of, like, I followed the WNBA. Mm -hmm. um, every season, I'm like, I'm going to watch every game. This is the year I'm going to watch every game. And I, like, watch, like, three games. Yeah. <laughs> I do support women's sports and like, you know, I bought like the WNBA league pass, you know, so I'm really trying to um, follow it more closely, but it's like one of them, like, 
I watch randomly kind of sports. Yeah, it's definitely hard to keep up with. I, I will give you that. But the effort's yeah. there. That's what matters. Uh, the A for effort. A for effort. <laughs> A for effort. So what, type of, what do you usually follow then outside of, well, outside of and inside of MMA? Um, obviously, I do watch a lot of MMA, um, stay abreast of the sport that I participate in. But I really just love supporting women's athletics in general. Um, so my next thing that I would watch probably more frequently is tennis. Mm. I watch a little bit of tennis, you know. My family's a big tennis family. They're all, like, my dad, my stepmom, and all my siblings are really into tennis. And they know, like, they watch. They go to a U.S. Open every year. They go, like... So they're really into it. So I love going with them and like watching the up and coming girls, like, uh, you know, making strides and making money and doing well in the sport. So I watch a little bit of tennis, but um, to be honest, I don't watch much else. Um, I try to watch the NBA every year, never happens. I try to watch NFL every season, never happens. I'm like the type that tunes in for the Super Bowl and I'm like, who's winning? Like, I'm so bad at, like, keeping up, especially with, I hate to be biased, but especially, like, super popular sports, Mm. I just kind of, like, yeah, I'm not really into it. That's understandable. I feel like with the bigger sports, there's 10,000 times more things happening just, like, every five seconds. So when I do try to keep up with, like, more than one, my brain's just, like, it's too much. Yeah, baseball, hockey, football, it's a lot. And they got enough support anyway. Like, if I'm going to turn on ESPN, uh, it's got to be a female doing something. Like, women's soccer, like, women's tennis, like, women, you know, I try to do support, um, just women's effort in general as often as I can. Nice. So, with your family being so big into tennis, were there any other sports that you grew up around, like, as a kid? Yeah, I played tennis in high school. Um, I played basketball in high school. Um, I walked on to the Morgan State um, women's tennis team my freshman year of college, uh, my dad was always, like, uh, a sports fan and sort of active enthusiast. Like, when we were young, he would always put us in, like, sports camps. I did karate when I was little. Um, I always, like, you know, I always enjoyed the summers because my parents split up when I was young. Mm-hmm. So I would spend the summers in Maryland with my dad, and every two weeks it was, like, it was like you know softball camp for two weeks and then it was like soccer camp for a week and then it was like you know so he always kept us doing something so I always appreciated that and it probably helped open the door for just my interest in athletics you know and I know you didn't really get into MMA for a while until later in your life so what was that like um, it was interesting. I didn't get into MMA until much later. Um, I made my professional debut at age 30, which is about five, seven years later than most other, <laughs> other women make their professional debut. Um, but look, this is how I've said it now. I'm 37. I've said it for the last like seven years as a professional. I'm like a fine wine. I was just like sitting on the shelf and just getting you know I don't have any mileage on my body so there's pros and cons to it I was a little later in the sense that I don't have the longevity that maybe most other women might have um but I'm a little older so I'm a little bit more mature um I think I have a better like mental understanding um so I don't think you know I don't think it's a hindrance at all but it was kind of you know sometimes you look around the room and I'm practicing and you know there's like I'm wrestling with like a 19 year old guy (laughs) 
and I'm like, you know, he's out of breath, and I'm out of breath, and I'm like talking smack. I'm like, bro, I'm like 20 years older than you, like, get it together, you know? So it kind of makes me feel good. Like, I'm one of the oldest people out here, and I'm still going toe-to-toe with everybody on the floor. So, you know, I kind of like it. That's a good way to look at it. That's interesting. What was it like, especially with being on TUF and, like, that space, especially being, like, so much younger? What was that like for you? So, um, I was on Tough 26. That was an interesting season because that season was the inaugural season for the flyweight, the women's flyweight division. So most other Toughs, if you win, you get a contract. But in the season I was on, if you won, you got to fight for the title. So you went from zero to hero like no lie um so there was a range of ages because just every every female that wanted to fight between 125 135 pounds is at the house so we had girls as young as like 20 21 and some women for me i was about 32 at the time so there was i think i was one of the oldest but not the oldest at the time um but a lot of the women who were my age in the ultimate fighter except for one have retired so (laughs) a lot of the girls who are my age are on their way out you know so um it was fun i didn't mind i'm young at heart too like you know, I turned uh, just 37 this past year, and it's almost like I can't believe I'm turning 40 because it's, I don't feel like it. I don't hopefully look like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a few little, my girlfriend teases me because I got my first little patch of grays right here. And so I was like, oh, I'm starting to show my age now. Um, but I feel good. So, you know, it sounds like cliche, but age is kind of a number it is kind of how you feel um you know I find myself you know I love when people card me because I'm like good like you know I'd rather feel younger than anything else you know that's nice I mean even if I because I've seen that season of tough and even if I didn't know how old you were I would have never assumed that you were that old like it would have never even occurred to me even now (sighs) watching you fight like it's hard placing an age on fighters because it seems so insane when you're watching it it's really just wild yeah no thank you and there's there's a lot of us that are probably some of us are older younger it is hard to place a fighter because like no one over 20 would do this voluntarily (laughs) so yeah it's kind of hard to peg us yeah i feel like once you're in it you're in it like it's just like all right this is the path now yeah exactly i feel like you're most known for your ufc career at this point but you also won quite a few jiu-jitsu world championships. I mean, there's a whole list. I have it. I'm not going to read it because it's so much. But what, what was that like for you? Um, I loved competing in jiu-jitsu. That was um, really what led me to MMA and to the UFC. Um, when I first started doing jiu-jitsu, I was 22 years old. I was 200 pounds. I had dropped out of school. And I just was kind of like in a funky place in my life. I didn't know where I wanted to go. My family wanted me to go back to college, and I just felt like it was kind of, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I felt like I was kind of wasting my time in school. I was, like, bouncing from major to major. And so the first time I competed in a jiu-jitsu match was, like, to this day, one of the most intense adrenaline moments of my life. And I was like, that was, like, so insane and so cool. Like, I want to do it again. And I didn't get into it as a career, like, as to make money. I was like, all right, well, I hate my job. I had this little nine-to-five, and I'm just going to do this after work. So if I hate work, I might as well have fun after. Um, And, like, two or three months later, you know, one of the 
you know, one of uh, the jujitsu coaches down in Maryland saw me competing and was like, you know, you're good enough to win a title. Um, you know, if you want to train full time, I'll give you a job at the gym. And I was like, whoa. So like <laughs> three months into it, I was like traveling to Brazil and going to Abu Dhabi. And I just threw myself into it full time. And it was just the first time I had done anything that I loved. And at 23, I didn't have to pay any rent and I didn't have any kids. So I just was cool with like sort of bumming it out. <laughs> I just, I just needed to make like just enough money to get me to the next tournament. And I had a blast. I traveled all over the world and I felt like a super, you know, I still do. I have a really cool job. I travel the world and I get to like kick ass. It's like, you can't complain. <laughs> and so it's been, I lost a bunch of fights. I won a bunch of fights. I had, I had fights where people were booing me in jujitsu. I had fights where people were cheering and like, you know, running up asking for autographs. So, um, my time on the jujitsu circuit was, um, yeah, I, I went. I don't regret it for the world. I had a blast. It was a good time. What was that transition like going from that world to Invicta and then into the UFC? Yeah. Um, so I was living in Maryland at the time, and um, my jujitsu coach was Lloyd Irvin. So I was training under him. I was winning a bunch of fights. And I started to just want more. Um, we had a few other guys in the gym that were getting into MMA. And I would find myself in certain positions in jujitsu. You're not allowed. So in jujitsu, you're not allowed to strike. There's no point in jujitsu where you're ever allowed to hit anyone. It's all grappling. So when I would find myself like losing these really close matches, and I was like, man, if I could have punched that girl, I'd have totally, <laughs> I'd have totally won. If, if they just let me sock her, I'd have been fine. And so I was like, you know, hey, that's what MMA is basically. Um, so I gave it a shot. I put on some gloves. There was a boxing coach in the same gym I was at. And so I was like, all right, let's see. It's one thing to grab someone in the gi, and it's a whole other thing to, like, stand in front and, like, punch someone and get punched in the face. And um, the first time I did that, I was like, that was kind of cool, too. <laughs> so I was like, all right, dope. I don't got a problem getting hit in the face, and I love hitting other people, too. So um, that'll be fun. So we just kind of just transitioned slowly outside of my uh, intense jujitsu training. I would just go hit the bags and sort of go move around and just sort of just happened like kind of slowly my transition into MMA. I had done, um, there was a, there's a tournament called WKAs, um, that I was doing and they have like really amateur style, um, MMA fights. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let me start here and see if, you know, see if I like it. And won my first one and was like, yeah, this is just as dope as jujitsu so um and i just was like it was just kind of the natural progression of the sport i was able to make a few more bucks um so that was cool and it just sort of happened naturally i got good at it and just kept you know taking the opportunities that presented themselves when you decided to go and try out for tuf and like take that leap what was that decision like for you because that was like life-changing in general but also such a hard like risk to take not a risk to take but that's a big like dream making moment to go after what was that like oh it was, it was a super big risk <laughs> <laughs> so like fast forward i had done a few fights in mma and mma doesn't pay well when you're early on even if you're undefeated even if you're a professional um and at the time i had hooked up with um my woman who's my who's the, the mother of my child now and so we had just got together and we had learned that 
you know, if we wanted to have children, our window was kind of closing on her. So we decided to have a daughter together. Um, uh, our baby was born in April 2017. Um, and so when you have a child sort of running around the world making $200 a week isn't as <laughs> feasible. <laughs> um, so I had to I had to quit MMA for a little while and focus on putting food on the table. Um, so I was working full time doing security. I had a pretty good job working 12 hour days, but I was not happy. You know, I was happy at home. I loved, you know, having a new baby and things like that. Um, but I obviously hated my job. And I was actually sitting out on, I was, I did security for the airfield. So I was sitting out on the airfield and I was going through my phone and I went onto it's MMAjunkie.com or like the MMA news site. And it was like ultimate fighter tryouts, tough tryouts. And I was like, tough tryouts. Like, and you know, the seasons for women come like once every three or four seasons. Like every year they're guys, but the women's seasons don't come around that often. Mm-hmm. And I saw there was tough tryouts and I forgot the exact date, but it was a weekend and I looked at my bank account and I had just enough, t- just enough money for a one-way ticket to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked around at this security truck and I was like, fuck that, I'm out of here. (laughs) I called my partner at the time and was like, you know, because we had a baby together. I was like, look, this this means I'm going to be gone for half the year. This means I'm taking a really big chance. I'm going to have to quit my job. But if I'm going to fight in the UFC, like, this is it. There's no, this is it. My window of opportunity is like... (laughs) closing closed really so i have to do it and at the time she was like go for it you know 100 percent. so i bought a one-way ticket to las vegas i went out to the tryouts when i got there they told me it was going to be at 125 pounds and i thought it was going to be at 135 pounds Hmm. so i was like super overweight and i remember talking to the producer and i was just like i'm going to give him my best sarge like i'm just going to be like, I'm not going to hold any cut cards. I'm not going to be nervous. I'm just, like, these people, I was praying. I was like, they have to take me. Like, that's it. Like, there's, I don't have a ticket home anyway. So, <laughs> one way or another, they're going to have to send me home. <laughs> they tell me no, I'm like, y'all going to have to fly me home. So, the answer is going to be yes. Um, so, I went out there and I did. I just put on the best audition I possibly could. And at the end of the day, he called the names down. It was like it was like a movie. Like you know how they have like the cut list. <laughs> like everyone's sitting around like like I was here like please you makes you makes you makes. They said my name. I couldn't cry, bro. I was like oh I did it. I knew once I got on the show I was in the UFC. I just needed to get on the show. And so he called my name out and I was like ooh. He goes everyone who we called you know come here. We're gonna get all your information and let you know what the next steps are. And so he told us when we were to report back to Vegas and when the filming was going to start and et cetera. And he goes, don't worry, we'll get all y'all rides to the airport from the hotel if you need them. So they were doing shuttles to the airport. And I remember going to one of the ladies with the clipboard like, hey, like, do you think anybody can get me like a ticket home? (laughs) And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, "Uh, I don't don't have any way to get home. She was like, you flew out here like one way? I was like, yeah. She was like, all right. And like, they bought me a ticket home. Um, and it was. It was life-changing. A couple of weeks later, they flew us back. We started filming. I spent eight weeks in Las Vegas, away from my daughter, away from, you know, my partner at the time, completely off the grid. That's, like, one thing people don't understand about The Ultimate Fighter. There's no phones, no music, no TV, no magazines, no books. Like, complete isolation. And so a lot of girls in the house are, like, snapping. A lot of girls were like, like, I need Wi-Fi! But I was just... 
I was just cracked in. I was in the zone. I was like, this is too, this aligns too perfect for me. Um, so I did really good on the show. I was, I, I kicked some ass. I went 3-0 and on the show. Um, like I said, I was uh, a little heavy. So for the finale, after all the filming, I made it to the final step. I got up to the point where I was supposed to fight for the title. And just cutting all that weight back to back to back to back, my kidneys kind of failed on the last weight cut. I ended up getting hospitalized less than 24 hours from the fight. Um, and once you're hospitalized, they pull you. Um, so I wasn't able to fight for that belt like I wanted to, but I did get the contract to get into the UFC. And my life is... You know, it soared from there, you know, and even though I didn't get to fight for that belt like I wanted to, I got a great contract. I've had a great career. I was able to make a living finally from this thing I had been doing for 12 years. So um, it was a great, great experience. And I, and I certainly um, really think it was impactful to my career now. Mm-hmm. What's that been like that? Like, like not work life balance, because that's not a real thing. They're not equal, but <laughs> creating that for yourself what has that been like um, it's, it's been a challenge throughout my career because it is hard to divide you know i don't have a nine to five i don't go out and clock in and clock out um my work is my life and my life is kind of my work so it's challenging and throughout different parts of my life i've had to like rebalance and make sure i'm giving time to my loved ones and giving time to myself as well Make sure I have a good time for my daughter. I have a partner now who um, we're doing really well, making sure um, my grandma, my mom, that I'm able to, um, you know, the more I grow as an athlete, the more I'm able to to sort of balance between work life and life life, you know, because it can be hard. Like my social media is also like my business. So I can do social media for ha-has like everyone else, but then I also have to like, you know, make sure I have enough content for my stream for my followers and fans. So it can be difficult, but, you know, so far, so good, and I'm happy with where I am right now. Yeah, speaking of social media, I meant to say this at the start, but you're also a TikTok comedian. Self-proclaimed. Uh, <laughs> Self-proclaimed is the key. No one else has, except for you, has called me a comedian just yet, so I'll take it. <laughs> I was so surprised, I was like looking through your TikTok and I was surprised by like, one, just how many there were, but also, they were like, they were actually funny, I was, I'm not just saying that, I do think your TikToks are funny. <laughs> <laughs> but are like so on trend too, which like I can never do, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, you actually know what you're doing on this app, like that's insane. <laughs> I, you know, over COVID, I was able to spend a lot of time. That's kind of when I got into TikTok was over COVID. And it's been fun because my Instagram is so serious and so, like, business-focused. My TikTok is, like, my chance to sort of, like, relax and have fun and let loose a little bit. And I think they're a little less judgmental on TikTok. Yeah. You know, a little bit. Social media is judgmental anyway. But, like, I think people kind of get it a little bit more on TikTok. Yeah. Like, my Instagram. Always like, mm, my Instagram fans are kind of stuffy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Instagram itself is just very like high class, like very like bougie in the way people present. Yeah, exactly. I can let loose a little bit on TikTok. Nice. Do you like? What about? I don't think I didn't look at your Twitter account, but like, <laughs> I feel like Twitter's not really a thing for most people nowadays, anyway. No, nothing's over there. I don't like Twitter. Like, Twitter, too. It's too, it's too much. It's too nasty. Like, Twitter fans are the worst. Like, Twitter bots. I, I'm not a big fan of Twitter. Understandable. And especially, I feel like, with 
MMA fans too, they're so like little gray room, <laughs> like for opinion. It's like either you're 100% in it or you're 100% against it and you've got to let it be known. Yeah. There's like no yeah. middle ground at all to exist. Yeah, agree. Which is just such a wild way to live to me, but. Twitter is like the Lion King meme, like, do you see the darkness over there? Like, <laughs> that's Twitter. <laughs> we don't go there, son. <laughs> like, Twitter's like. I like, feel like most people say that about Instagram. That's interesting. All right, I feel maybe like so. like slowly starting to switch places. Yeah, okay, maybe. I'm a little older, so. Yeah. I was bashing Twitter, but. <laughs> As you should. Being, having to be pulled out of that final fight at the last minute, obviously there are like a lot of hard feelings there. And that's not the first fight that, not that you've been pulled for, that other people have been pulled for, that the fight was taken away. What's that side of MMA like? Um, it's tough. It, MMA is very unforgiving. It's a very unforgiving sport. It's really, 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 really difficult to win. It's really difficult to be good. Like, I think the... It, it's tough, like, especially in, like, everyone knows with COVID, right, anything can happen, right? Like, it was like that with MMA. I think that's why MMA fighters kind of rolled through COVID kind of so chill, because we're so used to it. You have a fight, your fight is not guaranteed until you step into the cage. Not only with just my own fights, but you see with fighters all the time, your opponent doesn't make weight, or your opponent gets sick, or the arena pulls out, or especially when you're up and coming athlete and you're in like some of the smaller shows, there's been guys who like the other opponent just literally doesn't show up. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen fighters where they've rolled their ankle warming up for the fight and couldn't get there. And for, for as fighters, you have to get your show money first and you don't get your show money until you step foot into the octagon. So even if you do everything you're supposed to do, like you made the weight and you're on time and you made it healthy and you stepped in the octagon, it's still like you don't get your check until even the other guy or the other girl walks in. So it's um it's a really unforgiving, uh, unstable <laughs> like <laughs> work environment. <laughs> um, and it's just, you kind of, you know, we're fighters, it sounds cliche, but... The, the most successful fighters learn how to roll with the punches. Um, I was talking to my coaches um, just this morning, and in the last two years, every contract I've signed to fight, something happened. It was either delayed or the opponent pulled out or COVID something, or literally every contract I've signed in two years got delayed or postponed or canceled for one reason or another. Um, and so it's, it's one of the cons, you know, to the sport. Sometimes I look at, other sports like basketball and football, they have a season. Like, you know, from, like, June to, like, whenever you're in season. And then the rest of the time you can relax. Like, for fighters, you know, you can get – my phone can ring today and they'll be like, you want to fight in six weeks? you be like, oh, let me, let me go run. <laughs> let, me go, let me go get ready. So it's um one of the – challenges and you know depending on the kind of fighter you are it's a challenge that you can kind of roll with for some fighters um it's a little bit more difficult with that instability and with that like, never really knowing what's going to happen how do you keep yourself driven in those moments um you know now that i'm a little bit further into my career making money keeps you driven. <laughs> <laughs> keeping them lights on um uh, it's just, you know, we're, you know, I really love what I do, really passionate about it. It's fun to me. I've also not been 
the type to like pick and choose who I want to fight. I just like fighting, you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, oh, I can't fight this girl on this time on this day. I'm like, just give me whoever. If the girl shows up, thank you. Because there's many girls that have pulled out on me. I'm like, just give me a girl with one head and two legs, and like, you know, that's it. Like, <laughs> like I don't need much else. Um, so that's a good question. I don't really have anything any deeper than just like, you know, I just. It'd be like that. <laughs> like, Outside of jiu-jitsu, I know you said like you started with boxing. What other forms do you try to pull into your art? Um, jiu-jitsu is my favorite. I love wrestling. I can kind of both be um, jumbled into grappling. I love grappling. Boxing um, is my most favorite. Um, but those two would be my favorite arts to tie in. It's mixed martial arts, so there's a lot of different aspects. Um, some people enjoy Thai boxing a little bit better. Um, but I like classic sweet science boxing is some grappling like you know those are my two go-to's and out of all of your fights what's been your what do you what would you say your favorite fight that you've had has been in your pro career um, my favorite fight is definitely Aspen Lad 2 uh, I'm gonna say every time every time anybody asks me that's Aspen Lad 2 I mean obviously we are fighting night that night mm -hmm. it's one of the only it is the only fight of the night bonus I've ever had um and you know, I love Aspen. I actually run into her all the time. I talk to her coach. We see each other on the scene. Um, and we're quiet. We kind of just give each other, like, every time we see each other, we give each other that, like, all right, girl. <laughs> um, and it's been fun watching her. She stayed up at 135. I ended up dropping back down the flyweight. Um, and every time she fights, like, it's kind of weird. Like, she fucks girls up. Like, Aspen Ladd finishes girls and every time she finishes somebody i still have that little feather in my cap like she ain't finished me though like me go to toe to this day i kind of teased her coach a little bit because i was like i still think we went to a draw i still think me and aspen led too was a draw um but they gave it to aspen they gave her the nod um but it was fun like that's like the kind of fight i like to get into like some fights get like you know, nowadays, you know, you have to win. That's most important. That's how you cash a check. That's how you feed your, your family. Hang on, my doorbell right So, what was I saying? Uh, you were talking about Aspen. Oh, yeah, that was a hell of a fight. So, no, to this day, I still think me and Aspen was a draw. But, you know, it is what it is. She's 2-0 and on me now. <laughs> but it was a hell of a fight, and I really enjoyed that one. That was really fun. Um, and, like, I like those kind of fights. You know, now in MMA... Um, people are really strategic. You gotta win, but sometimes you know you get into like technical fights, and those are you know you gotta win those too. But sometimes I just you know let's just bite on our mouthpiece and see who's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be the best advice for young athletes, but that's how I like to do. Nice. And you've got a new fight coming up in September. Hopefully everything stays as it should be. It's already been delayed once. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully it doesn't get pushed back anymore. Nobody pulls out, no injuries. But how are yeah. you looking forward to that? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We're about nine weeks out from that fight. Um, we're just, like, just this week, we're picking up the intensity of fight camp. So I'm going to be increasing, like, you know, my workouts, making sure they're going a little longer, tightening up my nutrition, zoning in on my focus. So um, I kind of, it's summertime, so I kind of like being in camp in the summer because it's hot anyway. So I feel like I just get... I sweat more, I get my weight off faster. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. She's a tough opponent, and um, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting back in the win column. Ooh, I'm looking forward to seeing you back in there as well. I think most people are. It's been a minute. 
feel like it always i feel like ufc has so many events but they all feel so spaced out at the same time like i know they're all happening but it feels like so much time passes yeah especially yeah. for fighters i know your training camps go forever so. yeah they do they do feel like forever that's all my questions for you for today unless you have anything else to say um no you know everybody can follow me on instagram tiktok um and i just i just launched the only fans no adult stuff um but it is um a really cool platform and they're trying to expand their audience to more than just you know the stereotypical only fan stuff um so it's been really fun uh working on that platform um but i'm gonna be doing you know a podcast with my girlfriend coming out soon so just come follow me on my social medias and I'll stay up to date with everybody on everything. So at Sergeant Charge, um, and yeah, keep keep in tune. Cool. Thank you, Sarge. Thank you, C. I appreciate it. Good luck with your podcast and everything coming up. Temple alum, my sister graduated, Thank so you. shout out. Um, I've been through Philly a couple times. Um, so you know, good luck with everything, and thank you for having me on. Would love to do it again. That is all, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go follow Sajara on all of her social media at Sarge in Charge. Keep an eye out for her next fight, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, be September 17th against Marina Moroz at UFC San Hagen versus Song. It will be a great fight, and I personally cannot wait to see it. So make sure you're keeping an eye out and take a look back at all the things she's been doing this past decade because it is in same and i will see you at your next appointment with don't touch my jersey wednesdays at 11.